evening and Merry Christmas Eve. Uh, we are learning something about our churches. There's a, there's a life cycle your churches go through. You see, when, um, when you start off and you've got a bunch of youngsters, they all want to show up to something late. And uh, then when you get a little older and people have kids, you're not so into that anymore. And so uh, we're especially glad for all of you behind me in the parking lot, all of those on Zoom. But my name is Andy, and I'm one of the pastors at Mission Church, which is a small church in the Royal Chico neighborhood, and we're grateful to join Redemption uh, Tucson tonight as we contemplate Jesus this Christmas Eve. You all received a little service guide, or you saw one as you entered in and had a QR code to scan. That is your ticket to following along with the service, and also seeing the folks we're going to donate to this evening and talk about later, as well as the small and local businesses that we partnered with for this event. Um, I want to mention a few of those businesses and just say thank you to all of them and to you who helped us support them in hosting this event. Um, everything printed was done by Reproductions. We want to thank especially our artist uh, and muralist Porter McDonald who did this awesome piece of art that's on the back of our hoodies um, and the glue factory for printing out those hoodies for us on a really short notice. Uh, we want to thank uh, Exo Coffee for the coffee tonight and Patricia's Cuban Kitchen, for the cookies and Sandra Ortega for the empanadas. And uh, by the way, we're gonna have somebody coming out to your vehicle to take an order for you and uh, make sure we get cookies and hot drinks out to you as soon as possible. We also owe a huge debt of gratitude tonight to the folks here at the Mercado for allowing us to use this uh, incredible venue um, and just making this event possible by providing this for us. We want to thank Paul and uh, Flam Chen and all the technicians and the audio video folks for making this work. And, uh, and seriously, with, uh, in a year like this, with few, fewer live events, we just really want to say thank you to you all and just say we appreciate you and the way that you build into and invest in the culture of our city. Finally, I want to thank all the volunteers tonight who uh, came out in the cold and uh, helped make, us make this happen, and the musicians here, and Mike, uh, who, who put a lot of work into preparing this event and making the music great. And we want to thank all of you from our churches for coming out and uh, serving one another and, uh, and joining with one another. Last little detail, um, you all here would have received a wax candle, and you'll light those in the little cauldrons, uh, fire pits here in the center. And those of you in your vehicles received a battery-operated candle, and we will prompt you at a certain time to light those uh, during the service. And um, our hope is that as we light those candles, that we would be thinking about how God brings light into the darkness. And so if you'd pray with me, I'd like to enter into our evening together. Father in heaven, I want to thank you so much for the chance to be gathered together with these people that we love in our city, that we love. It's been a difficult year. Father, I'm grateful that we get together on an evening like this and come before you and, and seek hope that can be found in Jesus. I pray that you would guide us through this evening and still that hope within us in Jesus' name. It has been a very dark year. Um, for many of us, we thought that COVID was going to be the, the issue this year. When, uh, when this early this year came up, we didn't know how long it was going to be, but we thought we were, we were going to have a problem, and we were going to have to face it and get through it together. But as we've gone along, it seems as if COVID wasn't the only problem that we have. It seems like there's a cancer uh, that goes deeper than COVID ever could go, um, not just with our bodies, but within our society, even within our government, our cities, our families, 
And as I reflect on my year, I see it within myself. And I don't know about you if you've felt it as well, an anger lingering within you, an anxiety, maybe even depression. And it's difficult to destroy and unite together to get rid of external threats when there's something going on internally, when we are broken internally, when we're torn like fabric with no sense or clarity of how to restitch ourselves back together. And when our strongest commonalities seem to be our dedication to ourselves and to that which we oppose and are against. I know this year it seemed as if our enemies are ever multiplying and as if our love for them is diminishing. And many of us have even begun to question our friends. This reminds me of Adam and Eve in the scriptures. You know, the temptation given to us in the scriptures is that they wanted to be self-fulfilled, that they wanted the knowledge that God had for themselves. And in that first temptation, that fall to be self-fulfilled, they immediately turned on one another. And that's how it feels in a year like this, that our temptations have turned us against one another, even in a time when we should be fighting together against our problems. It isn't supposed to be this way. Disease shouldn't kill our most vulnerable people. Even though death is a cursed reality, we all have to face it shouldn't be this way. And when it does come, when death creeps in, we should be fighting for one another as we seek to push through the darkness. But all too often, as we've seen this year, we've turned on one another. And all this is evidence that we are not okay. We do not have it all figured out. And maybe, just maybe, we need the God that we've pushed away and kept at arm's length. Maybe we don't have this all figured out ourselves. Before this Jesus, we remember on Christmas was born some 700 years before Isaiah, a great chronicler of the history of Israel, a pillar of his community, preacher of the words of God, declared something to come someday. He did so to a war-torn and soon-to-be captive and exiled people, the people of Israel people for for whom things were not working out. These were religious people who had been hypocritical and corrupt. And that's very similar to some of us Christians who are as well hypocritical and corrupt. And many of us who seek to be the best that we can be and people can see through it and they can see the hypocrisy and the corruption within us. This promise was for people like that. But not only for them, but for people who had no desire or interest in this God at all, who'd never heard, who'd never considered listening to a God of any kind, or who'd considered other things besides a transcendent God to be ultimate. Gods such as sex, wealth, and prosperity, the same gods we consider worship-worthy today. The promise given to those people through the prophet was that the people who'd walked in darkness would see a great light. A child would be born, a son given as a gift from God. The government would be on his shoulders and his name would be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there would be no end. And this peace, by the way, was not a peace like the absence of tension or the absence of sickness. The peace that was spoken about in this promise was perfect harmony, everything functioning exactly the way it should be for the flourishing of all humanity. 
And these people, when they heard about this, they wondered if it could really be true. And they continued to wonder, as years after the prophecy, they were marched off into Babylonian captivity. And generation after generation would go by until the child we all now know as Jesus of Nazareth was born in obscurity in a feed trough in Bethlehem. Why does this child matter to us? If there is a God, how does this child fit in the plan for the world that God might have? How does he fit for you and for me? What good could it be to us in a year like 2020 to have a God who entered in as a child into creation? What good could it do to those of us facing the unknowns of next year? Does this Jesus really give us God's promise? Does he fulfill it? How does he bring peace? And what can we learn from him? How can we be agents of his peace? For it was this Jesus who said the peacemakers would be blessed and would be called sons, daughters of God. Let's ponder these questions together as we sing and reflect and hear this Christmas story.
decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. Good evening. My name's Dave. I'm a pastor, and I want to let you know that I am cold, uh, but that's not why I, uh, I stutter right now. So I actually do it all the time, even when it's hot. Um, but I just want to again say we're so glad we can all gather together like this and I want to ask us to consider how do you feel about waiting in our culture today it seems like less and less we like to wait and uh, I think that wasn't always the case like I know kids don't like waiting before Christmas right it's almost painful that night before Christmas morning but it actually feels comforting in some way because you know what's coming. But for many of us, we have learned to live with the low grade of anticipation that looks more like fear of continued disappointment, waiting for the autumn to fall out, unfulfilled expectation. And actually, the entire backdrop of the Christmas story is anticipation, is waiting, an overwhelming sense of what's going to come. But similar to us, there were many people waiting for some semblance of hope, but with fear that they will continue to live with the disappointment of failed hope, of unmet expectations. And that kind of anticipation, which feels so normal to, again, many of us, actually comes from what the scriptures 
refer to as sin, which is essentially fundamentally broken relationship. It's us individually and corporately choosing to pave our own path and go our own way. And the result is broken relationship with a loving creator and with one another and broken relationship even with ourselves and with the world around us. And God could have said, hey, it's your problem. You found your way into it. You can find your way out of it. But in this Christmas story, we get a glimpse at a loving God who makes promises that he intends to fulfill. While he could have said that, he chose not to. He remembered his promise all the way back in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, right after sin entered into the story. It's what has been referred to as the first promise or the first good news where God said, I won't leave you in this pain right now. Thankfully, God doesn't turn a blind eye to our plight, to our struggle, to 2020. He says, I see you. I, I grieve over it. But, but that's not the end of the story. God's promise to you and to me and to us is that he will not leave us here. All throughout scripture, there was this anticipation of God's promise where he says, I see you. I'm pursuing you. I, I love you. I will reconcile you. I will undo and make new what has been broken. Yes, I see where you're at, but look up. Hope is on the horizon. God has promised to enter into our story, to meet us where we are, and then to bring us to a place of hope, of restoration, of healing, of true and lasting peace. So as we sing these songs, we're joining with thousands of people around the world and throughout thousands of years, others who looked to God fulfilling his promises. So friends, let me read one scripture for us before we continue in our singing. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us, that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. That is the promise of God, which we remember and sing about together on this Christmas Eve. Oh, felt this world. I'll never 
verses 6 through 12. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them at the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. All right, cool, cool. <sighs> All right, hey everybody, my name is John, uh, John Simon uh, of Mission Church. So I'm going to bring our, our next little leg of the service to us tonight. Um, 
This is probably the least controversial thing to say in the world, but I, I am actually quite a big fan of Christmas. Um, just, you know, it's colder. It's hot all the time. It's hot all the time. I like when it gets cold. I like when people are decorating. I like lights. And uh, it feels like everybody has this, like, demeanor change in Christmas, which is always nice, and I appreciate that. So I always look forward to this time of year. And as everyone is, is constantly saying, of course, 2020 was a super bummer of a year, and this Christmas felt like it was infected by the bummer of 2020. I remember a few days ago just kind of reflecting, and it was even, I was working on this, this thing that I'm doing right now, and I was thinking to myself, man, like, I don't feel like I've had this, like, Christmas experience that just kind of grips you, where you're just feeling all Christmassy and happy, and you're just thinking about cute baby Jesus just chilling with a bunch of hay and some animals singing songs to him or whatever. Like, you just, I just never really had that feeling. Like, where's my, like, crackling fireplace? Where is my, like, comfortable ottoman that I can rest my feet upon? Like, where is my Christmas peace time? And I remember just this feeling, which I can only imagine was the spirit, just kind of like shutting down all of that by saying, like, that's the point. Like, the whole point of the peace of Jesus, of the peace of Jesus' entrance, grand entrance into the world stage, was that he, a perfect vessel of peace, would come down into the midst of not pre-existing peace, but mess and uh, chaos and uncertainty and sickness and, and all these things that the world was afflicted with 2,000 years ago that we still feel to this day. Jesus' coming was not to, to, to be the, the resting, uh, he, he, he was not like, like the candles of peace upon the birthday cake of peace that was frosted with peace. He was bringing peace where there was none. He was a light, a shining light in a place where there was darkness. He was coming to bring life where there was death. Jesus was entering into a world that was already very, very familiar with struggle and pain. He would come, and obviously this dude would be dramatically distinct from every other person, even the prophetical figures we see throughout the Bible. He was different from Noah and Abraham and David. He was God. And yet the ways in which his life would interact with suffering were no different. In fact, they were greater. This little child that we come to think about would come into a world that he didn't just know intimately, he made it. He made the world that he was descending into. And yet, he would be treated like a stranger. This child would have followers who would leave him. He would have best friends who would abandon and betray him in his most desperate time of need. He would come into the world and be called by religious people either a drunk or a glutton, and he just completely disconnected himself in that way. He came to bring life into a world that was suffering and struggling so hard, and yet he was killed in an unjust, torturous, painful, aggressive way. Throughout his life, he would come to know distance. 
He would come to know pain. He would come to know death. He would come to know all the things that we have been acquainted to, but he would see it so much more. And yet he was the Prince of Peace. He is today even the Prince of Peace. Why? Because in a way he embodied it. He was God. He was every beautiful and pure and wonderful thing that God is because he and God were one. And when it comes to peace, it's almost like Jesus was sitting down in ages past before the world was formed, designing it. Designing what peace even looked like, even felt like that we could experience it one day. In the practical sense, he just spent a lot of time with God. You get peace that way. He was always apart and he would fast and he would meditate on God and he would reflect and he would pray. And those things brought him peace, but it was the peace that he himself had dwelling within him that was the peace that we gets to share in. He knows our sufferings. He knows the messiness of the world that we live in. Even messiness, gosh, it sounds like, it sounds like the, messiness sounds like the, the VeggieTales way of saying like gross stuff. It sounds too like PG. Like, I'm not gonna cuss, don't worry. But it's just, it, it, he knows all of the deep, ugly nooks and crannies of what the world had to offer. And yet, he's able to not just withstand them, not just reign victoriously over them, but he can share peace like a drink of water to those who are thirsty. He's offering it. He was offering it throughout his time in ministry, and he's offering it even to us today. How? Let's reflect on that as we go into our next song.
Luke chapter 2, verses 13 through 20. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Good evening. And Merry Christmas. My name is Marcus Doan. I am a pastor at Redemption Church. Uh, six weeks into my welcome into this wonderful city that you all call home and have welcomed me well. It's Christmas. Amen? Christmas is a season, it's a time that we hope reflects all the good that we see in this world, that we hope to see in this world. Peace, goodwill toward all men. We wish each other, we wish each other good health, wellness, and peace. Deep down, we all want these things. We all want peace. But in reality, a few of us actually desire to be peacemakers. We want peace in our city. We want peace in our country. We want peace in our world. Our world needs peacemakers. Question to you tonight is, are you willing to be a peacemaker? Tomorrow morning, we'll all wake up and we will celebrate Christmas, the birth of Jesus Christ, who the scriptures refer to as the Prince of Peace. Luke chapter 2 says this, in a great and famous story, the shepherds were out tending their flock on that night, and an angel appeared to them and told them the good news that the Prince of Peace would come. As they gathered up their things and, get, and got ready to leave, a multitude of angels showed up and sang this song. Glory to God in the highest. On earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. God is pleased with peacemakers. So who are these people that God is world pleased with. Jesus calls them children of God, you and I. Peacemakers in Matthew 5, 9 are children of God. In the 1700s, a young man was running for parliament in England. He was sick of his self-serving self life, and he wanted to do something about what he saw around him. He ran for a parliamentary seat, and he won. 
William Wilberforce became a member of parliament. He was also a Christian. As he was sitting in his office one day, he received a letter from a group of people who were trying to end the transatlantic slave trade. The British Empire had participated in moving Africans from Africa to other places in the world. William Wilberforce made it his life's mission to end the slave trade. He became a peacemaker. He proposed legislation over the next 15 years nine times. On the 10th try, he finally got his wish. He finally ended the slave trade and ended violence and injustice for so many people. Are you willing to take that step to be a peacemaker? If you are, here's where you start. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says, we must be reconciled to God in order to begin the process of understanding and fulfilling this desire to be peacemakers. We must first reconcile our relationship vertically with God and forgive each other, which is the horizontal relationship with each other. In this season, in our country, in our world, where we all have, have felt the stark polarization of our country due to political ideologies that has left most of us broken, hurt, confused, fearful of our neighbors, co-workers, for some of us even family members this Christmas. I would urge you this tonight that this is the time. Tomorrow is the day. This is the season for us to all become peacemakers. Now is the time to start a movement. Now is the time for us to build a bridge. Now is the time for us to reconcile. Now is the time to reach out your hand. Now is the time to look somebody in the eye. Now is the time to imitate Christ and be a peacemaker. As I close, I would like to share with you a quick story. It was in 2003 when I got word that the Civil War was finally going to end in my country. A woman named Lima Bowie, just a normal lady who had seen enough war in our country, 15 years of civil war that it cost 250,000 people their lives. So much destruction, so much devastation. She gathered up women in her neighborhood and in turn in her city and in turn in the country. And those women took to the streets amidst the fighting, warlords, a lot of atrocities, and they marched the city without weapons and forced men to end a 15-year civil war. You too can be a peacemaker. Our internal self really projects externally. When we reconciled with God, we deal with what's inside. When we forgive others, we deal with what lies outside. Tonight, I'm not asking you to do something in your own power that we all cannot do. What I'm asking you to do is in the power of Jesus Christ, 
tomorrow morning when you wake up under your own roof, around your tree, across your dinner table, reach out your hand and be a peacemaker in your family. If you will join me tonight, when you walked in, you should have received a little candle. If you can ask one person from your table to walk over to the fire pits set up in the middle here, light your candle, bring it back to the table so that we don't have too many people crowding. As a symbol of Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, coming into our world and being a light to all of us. We desire peace and we can all be peacemakers. God bless you and Merry Christmas.
Hey, everybody. Um, roaring response. That was good. There we go. Wonders of his love and stuff. Uh, my name's Nick. I'm one of the pastors at Mission Church, and we're going to end our service. So a couple quick thoughts um, as we close. Uh, what you just heard through the music and through the te- teachings was the story of the gospel, the good news that God become, became a man, that Jesus the Prince of Peace, came to call his people to redeem them. The good news is that not only does he redeem his people, but he will redeem all that is broken. That there will be a new heaven and a new earth where mankind will dwell with God. And this year has been formative for all of us, shaping for many of us. For those of us who follow Jesus, the question tonight is, what is shaping our lives? Is it really the gospel, or have you found yourself shaped by other things this year? Have you forgotten the good news, the most important news? For those who may be here and you're not a follower of Jesus, now is the time that you should start. You could be shaped by the good news that Jesus came because he loves you without you having to earn it. The good news that God loves his creation and will fix the brokenness in this world. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to pray and then I'm going to leave one minute of silence so that everyone has an opportunity to talk to God. Some will need to tell God they're sorry for not following him well and others will need to tell him that they want to start following him. Everyone gets to talk. And so I will pray and then you can speak with God for a minute and then I will close us in prayer. Father, we thank you for this good story that we just traveled through. We thank you that you did not abandon a humanity in a world that has rebelled against you. And for those of us who've been following you and have allowed ourselves to be shaped by things other than the gospel, we're sorry. And we ask that you help us to do better. And Holy Spirit, for those who need to start following Jesus now, I ask that you would move in their lives and their hearts, and we trust you, and we appreciate you. And so we ask that you would lead us in our prayer.
Father, a minute of silence is often more than we get in our lives. It seems that we're surrounded by chaos so often. And so I thank you for that moment of peace and quiet where we could talk to you. We thank you that you love us. We thank you for the story of the gospel. We look forward to the ultimate peace that we can have with you in the new heaven and new earth. We worship you because you are good. In your name, amen. Um, so here's the thing. We can't do an altar call because we're meeting in like a ton of different platforms. But what I will say is if you decided that you wanted to follow Jesus, reach out to Redemption Church via phone or email or Mission Church. Uh, or if just in general, you need to work some stuff out and talk to somebody, feel free to contact either one of us. Uh, and then before we close service, I have two quick announcements. Uh, the first is that uh, we are partnering with an organization called Spaces to Learn. And you can find them uh, on the brochure uh, that pops up when you scan the QR code. Um, we would really encourage you guys to check them out. Uh, they provide desks and lights and other learning supplies to children who are trying to learn from home this year but, but don't have space for it. Uh, check out their Amazon wish list or donate directly on their website. Uh, I, we really want to push this. We really want to encourage you guys to do this. Uh, be generous and, and let's help out some kids. Um, I also want to give a huge shout out to the local businesses that have helped us with this event. Check them out on the brochure and support them and our other local businesses. And then lastly, thank you for joining and volunteers. Um, you guys, I know it's cold and you've worked a lot of hours and I want to give you a special thanks. Um, yeah, Dave agrees. Everybody agrees. Um, and so thank you guys. Uh, have a wonderful night. Be safe, be kind, and Merry Christmas.